Culture and Psychology with Tabana. With a warm hello to our Radio Bomb Dot listeners. Uh, once again, it's uh, Saturday and I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alex Andrade, uh, two of my colleagues from Tabana Organization. Uh, a nonprofit organization supporting all individuals with cultural and psychological issues. And today we want to talk about career, uh, job change, and um, challenges, and also opportunities during the time that we are living in, which is post COVID or during COVID. So, welcome again, Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrati, to our uh, psychology and culture program. Jump right in. Uh, my question to you, Zayda, of course, I can't start without a question, is are we in post-COVID now? Are we already in post-COVID? Good question. Uh, for some, yes, because they are vaccinated. And for some, it's not. But I guess we shouldn't say post-COVID until we are completely safe as a nation. So by post-COVID that I said was maybe with the fact that the vaccine is out and now, now I hear a lot of youngsters are scheduled to be vaccinated, which is a good news. Uh, maybe that excitement of uh, hearing that a lot of youngsters now are vaccinated or um, in, um, they're scheduled to be vaccinated, I called it post-COVID, but you're absolutely right. We have to wait to see whether it is really post-COVID or not. But I think it's a, a hopeful stance, and I like that idea of it's where you are at the very least, maybe, well, I, I back up on that. <laughs> I was about to say we are at the very least in transition to post-COVID, but we, I'm hopeful that that is the case. Well, they're saying a majority of individuals have uh, gotten at least one shot, and so, um, yeah, it seems to just steadily progress in, in regards to being fully vaccinated. And along those lines, as the world opens up more, things like different job opportunities can uh, maybe kind of come back, uh, and then even new opportunities. And I think it's one of those great questions for a lot of people is, you know, what do I want the world to look like having gone through this and and maybe have endured some really challenging things, uh, including job loss, uh, you know, health issues, uh, family health issues. Uh, I think sometimes when something bad happens, it, it doesn't have to be the thing that allows us to say we want to live our life a certain way. But you know, we can't take away, you know, what's happened uh, from to the world in this way, we, we could try to use it. And I think in thinking about how we want to spend our time, and given that we spend a majority of our time at work, um, we can be thoughtful about what we want that to be. I know for myself, I've, I've really had to think a lot about, you know, where I'm spending my time uh, outside of, uh, you know, my personal life and at work and saying, does it feel good to be at this pace at this level? Um, and saying, you know, what kind of, kind of journey do I want to go down in regards to my own career? And I think there have been people who've lost their jobs and forced into that position and kind of wondering what that's going to be like. So yeah, I think it's not just getting back to work, but maybe getting back to work with some, some intention and some thoughtfulness. I think, to an important thing i'd like to add on or continue on something that you mentioned alex and that is the idea of how can i spend my time in the best way possible how can i use this whole ordeal that we've gone through so far to improve myself my perspective who i am at my core 
in what ways can I use all of these things to live a better life? Or as a lot of people say, live my best life. I don't really sure what that mean. How do you, how does one live their worst life? <laughs> I, I just was living my worst life. I, I, as far as I know, I don't know about parallel universe. I only know this one life. So sure. is it the best that I've been ever in my life? Well, probably psychologically, I'm better than I have been physically. Well, I think the age is starting to catch up with me in some way. Sorry to say it. Well, I, I, want, everybody, I want everybody to feel sorry for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Saide? I was just going to say, I think depending on the personality of people, uh, during COVID, you either were uh, too um, uh, depressed because you couldn't socialize like before. That was your life you know, dining out, meeting people, uh, you know, just being in the crowd. And for some people actually was really heaven because they never had that opportunity to be with themselves and to be with, you know, their inner self to find out what is really, um, you know, here for me. And uh, I heard from different people, different things. Uh, for some people was great to have the opportunity to even experience their life um, more by themselves than being out and socializing all the time. And for some people, it was just a huge change of life. So we're talking about a really big spectrum of um, people with different personality and their perception of what happened. Do you think it's fair to say that there were essentially three main groups of people i'm thinking following on what you're saying some people who did really well from how the things were imposed and some people who didn't do very well because they missed the social stuff and then the group in the middle who uh, can go either way i think that's fair enough and there are obviously people here and there in between but it's a great to divide people in this these three categories um those that they were really um, worried about the health, wherever they were in this mix, I think they had the worst time. And I had seen some of those people that they were really apprehensive of, um, you know, being out, going shopping and for even food. They were practically staying home the whole time, ordering things online and not even touching things. And um, I feel like the uh, post-COVID, we are going to see a lot of um, issues with, um, you know, outcome of this, because I've seen people who are um, cleaning more than they should. They wash their hands more than they should, because I had a conversation with someone who was washing hands all the time and cleaning all the time. And I said, well, if you're not touching your face, if nobody has really touched anything, why are you washing this, uh, you know, your hands or cleaning the table all the time? And all of a sudden she just stopped and she goes, you're right. I don't know why I'm doing this, but it has become a quick habit. I learned to just all the time, even as nobody has touched the table but I just keep cleaning. So I'm just thinking in all aspects of this um, COVID, there, there are so many things that we are going to face post-COVID. 
Do you think new things are going to, we're going to have a lot of residual psychological effects that are probably not so positive. People are going to have to, we're going to have to work their way through. Well, that's why there was shortage of psychologists and psychiatrists during the COVID. And we've faced with um, American Psychological Association or um, Sacramento Valley Association that they were always looking for a psychologist. They wanted the psychologist, even in medical field, I know a lot of doctors who were uh, needing some therapy because of the COVID issue in their office with the patients that they were dealing. So I would say we still don't know what's gonna be the outcome, but obviously um, we wanna look at some positives more than all the negatives um, so that, um, you know, look at both sides as well. Yeah, what are some, go ahead, Alex. No, I was just wondering, I wonder how that can carry over into the job market in some ways, if people will be hesitant to take like some more service type jobs or more public facing jobs. And if there's going to be a, a bigger drive to work at home, I think before the, the COVID, uh, there was the idea that working at home was you're at home, but you're not really working. And now, uh, you know, it's like, no, you can actually work from home. And they've even showed that, you know, people are working more. Um, but what about those jobs where you're having to interface with the public? Uh, what if people are avoiding that because of things like anxiety and fear versus, um, you know, the maybe precautions you need to take, but uh, knowing that that can be okay too, where's that line and not having these things carry over to a place of fear when society can permit us just working from home or just working remotely. Do you think the people who avoid the, who will, I think you're right. I mean, I think there will be people who will avoid public facing jobs based on that. I, it's hard for me to imagine otherwise. Do you think that's mostly going to be introverts or is it a different way that you would categorize such people? Would it be more that they are um, warriors or ruminators or introverts? What's your best take on that? I'd probably say people are more worry, worrisome, more fearful, more anxious. Uh, because you're an introvert doesn't mean you avoid uh, social interactions, but uh, that you tend to get recharged by being by yourself more. Um, so I think the people who are a little bit more anxious, a little more fearful, and like you said, warriors may be the ones who can uh, maybe lean towards kind of avoiding some of those things. And so I think it's always important to be safe and to be healthy and to be you know conscientious of how you're doing things. But to, I'm a big advocate of not letting worry, fear, anxiety kind of rule your life. And so it's knowing that there's some discomfort there, but we also know that avoidance in and of itself is not a, a great way to cope always. And if you're just avoiding those things, you're going to eventually start to limit yourself even more and more. And I think that could be one of the risky things with, you know, working just remotely, um, say you have to go into work or say you have to go somewhere public. Uh, if you find that that gets harder and harder to do, that can be an indication that, you're, you know, leaning towards that, that, that maybe those individuals who are maybe feeling more anxious and more worrisome in that way. Let's say I am somebody who has a job right now and I have to interface with public or a lot of people and I'm not really feeling it. I'm not really into it and I'm pretty worried about COVID. What are some things that I can focus on or think about should I think about, should I get a new job, A, 
and depending on if I should get a new job, then how would I go about doing that? And if I don't get a new job and I want to stay, what should I focus? Do you have any thoughts on that? I want to say, um, as far as I know, at this point, even the jobs that they were facing public uh, all the time, they're not doing that as before. They're uh, limiting their hours. They are doing some of the work online. Uh, they are meeting people uh, in uh, distance more rather than getting close to their desk. They're wearing gloves. They're wearing masks. They're really protecting themselves in so many ways. And they're not um, actually letting all the people in the offices. So their lines, um, one person goes in, takes care of the work they have, and then the other person comes in. It's been really different world in places that they're facing public. So it's not like before anyways. But even if you have to really be in that situation, I would say probably these people are double masked, masked, or they're wearing gloves, making sure they're not touching anybody or facing so closely. So I don't think really the public um, jobs are like before yet. And I'm just, this is again, prediction that I have, and it's from my personal understanding of what happened and the effect on people, I don't think it's going to be the same. I don't really see at least um, for years and years things um, be back uh, to normal like before. Because I think this uh, situation that we went through, and we still are, especially in Europe and all other places in the world, um, I think that was some sort of transformation for organizations, for um, um, the strategists, for um, ideologists, for so many people, for common people. It just changed a lot of things. So I think not only affected the jobs, but affected each individual in their perspective of life and the way they live. With that, uh, we are going to give a short break and come back to continue our conversation. back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrati, uh, the partners, the colleagues and friends from Kavanaugh Organization today. Um, so far, if you haven't listened to us, uh, we were talking about um, the post-COVID um, or still not sure if we can call it post-COVID, the job um, opportunities, uh, the issues with different career, the public jobs, and uh, so far we've been talking about that. 
And I want to say some words in Farsi so our listeners know that um, what we are talking about. سلام به شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من به همراه همکارانم دکتر دانیل راکرز و دکتر الکساندر رادی امروز در خدمتون هستیم اگر تازه رادیوتون رو باز کردین خدمتون بگم که ما روزهای شنبه و شنبه از ساعت 12 ظهر تا یکی بعد از ظهر به زبان انگلیسی صحبت می‌کنیم و صحبت‌های روز و مسائل فرهنگی و روانشناسی رو با هم صحبت می‌کنیم برنامه ما به طور زنده ضبط میشه و اگر که یک خطایی در کلاممون هست خواهش میکنم ما رو ببخشید ولی اگر هم کسانی هستن که از برنامه ما استفاده میکنن دعوتشون بکنین روزهای شنبه و شنبه به زبان انگلیسی به برنامه ما توجه بکنن Alright colleagues we were talking about COVID, work, career and all that we were um, conversing about I think we've got some callers on the line for Alex. Alex, are you ready to take some phone calls here? That'd be awesome to take some phone calls too. We should what, do that sometime. What, yeah, I'm wondering, I was just thinking, what would they say? What would they be wondering about? I feel like people like, when it comes to job stuff, people are like, how do I get a job? Like that's just, it's, it's like a very simple question, but a very direct question. What do I got to do to find a job? Um, being out of work is one of the, the, the toughest things. I'm just thinking of times in the past when, You know, even if I, I, I intentionally left a job and, uh, you know, I, I was raised with this idea, never leave a job until you have another one. Um, but that doesn't always happen. And I think that's something that's maybe, uh, you know, a lot of people have encountered. And when you're in that place of financial uncertainty and even career uncertainty, it creates a lot of worry and a lot of fear. Have you guys ever been in that position where, you know, whether by choice or, or not your choice, you, you've had to, you know, not have a job or, you know, kind of in between jobs? Uh, what was that like for you guys? I've been, uh, I'm not proud of it, but I've been fired a number of times. <laughs> I've not always been the best employee, I'll admit it. <laughs> Hold on, to... let, me, let, me, let me practice on my face of surprise. What, Daniel? Yeah, that you? was, that, that's, thank you. That would be better <laughs> rather than laughing knowingly like, yep, I knew it. <laughs> At Rockers, he's, that's uh, uh, you know what? That for me is because you're so creative. And you can take something that is just directive and in one way of looking at things, I can see that you have a hard time taking it. And that's why probably you weren't listening to person above you to tell you what to do because you're so creative that you can't take um, anything other than let you do your job with Uh, you know, just create issues. I think you called it there. It's very true. I also had the same problem of thinking that I knew more than the people who were supervising me. <laughs> not and not. It's a. It's one thing to feel it. It's the other thing to kind of express it mm -hmm. or enter into it. Um, I just didn't need to be that way. I had to grow up. So that's a nice reframe, side A. I it's like really it. Good. It's good. Really good. It works for me. I can see, you know, it's hard when you know more or when you are so creative in your mind that you see you can do it better way of telling you what to do. I can see that is a conflict. And I'm sure our listeners, as we are as they're listening to us, they can connect to that. Some of them that um, it, it for people is for some people is hard to just be the yes person and do whatever they tell you. Because if you feel that you can do it differently and in a better way, 
and you can't get it to the mind of person who's above you, it just creates conflict. Yeah, you know, what I've come down to in terms of working with clients is it's very easy to get our ego goal in front of our what should be our primary goal. Mm -hmm. Like my primary goal would be to have a job, but my ego goal of showing how smart I am would sneak in front of that. And this is what happens for a lot of people is the ego goal sneaks in front of the real primary goal. And that's a, if we can't identify that, that becomes a real stumbling block. Mm -hmm. So that's probably an important thing I think to keep in mind as people go forward is to think about what is your ego goal? Do you have an ego goal like I did? I still do. I'm sure Alex is smiling, man. He was smiling before I finished the sentence. Uh, if you can't identify your own ego goal, like for myself, trying to be real smart or show how smart I am, how creative I am, then it'll get in your way and it'll bring you down. But coming back to Alex's question, what have, yes, I have been in that position. I have been fired. I had to go on unemployment, I think once or maybe two times, but it's not easy. It's a real ego hit. It's a self-esteem hit. Let me say it like that. And for myself, I can remember when I first, this happened and it was probably five years out of college, four or five years out of college, but that was a pretty hard thing. I really questioned myself at the time. And I just kept comparing myself to what I imagined others of my class, they would be doing. They're probably successful. They're probably buying a house. And I did all this comparison. And it was none of the comparison put me in a good light. So it's important to keep in mind, this is what our minds will do frequently, is if we lose our job or out of work, we go into our mind goes into that comparison mode and we usually end up on that's a great point too i think even given what's happened right now in the world we can say well this is happening to other people but i but i find more often than not most people feel that way it's like yeah but it sucks for me and yeah it feels as well it's probably because of me in some way even if they know that others are going through maybe something similar or the same thing and so yeah it can make it really tough i think like you said when that ego gets hit to even find the energy and the motivation to put ourselves out there and i think that's it, that could be a potential challenge as the world is opening up you know how can we you know, get to that place again, where we're, we're putting ourselves out there, we're opening ourselves up, trying to find a job. And, and also to the idea of feeling as though we can not just, you know, find any job, but finding something that aligns with our sense of well-being and something that can be a growth oriented for us. I feel like sometimes when you're out of work, you're just looking for anything. You're just like, I just need a job. I just need money. And I think that that that's definitely important. You, you need to survive. But then also too, you know, can you do both things? Can you find something that is engaging and rewarding for you just as well as finding a job? Well, uh, now responding to what Daniel brought up, um, I was always a peacemaker. I always wanted to keep the job, keep the communication with whether people that, are, that they were working for me or, or my people above me. Um, I always, um, you know, had to, as you talked about ego, and I think this is a huge thing. Anytime something happened, obviously daily you run into situations, but I always was aware of the ego. And immediately I told myself, um, okay, so my ego is saying to get back at this person 
to respond the way um, he or she said things to me. But then immediately I thought, but this is my ego. What is the most important thing? I guess it's very difficult to constantly think of that. And sometimes you lose it, but it's a great thing if we keep thinking about that. And I guess one of my master teacher who was actually my boss, which was great because you usually don't run into situations like that. She was an amazing individual. She was always, um, you know, walking um, the talk. Um, and, and she actually was always talking about, you know, how we can make things work the best way rather than thinking of us. And that was, I think, my role model. And um, I was always, you know, learning from her. And I always appreciated working with someone who taught me so much. And then when um, you study psychology at the same time as I was working, I was putting all this together and think um, if people could really put their ego aside, the world is going to be a different world, but we are running into constantly situations where it's hard to teach people at the same time because people are in their mind and it's hard to, you know, it's a battle because on the one hand you think, oh, this person is thinking of me as someone who is weak or someone who probably doesn't know better. They don't know what um, psychologically you are thinking, what um, spirituality, um, you know, from sp spiritual point of the view, you're looking at things. But then you have to all of a sudden say, this is my ego. Let's just do the best. So it's hard. And I don't think, um, you know, people... Um, you know, living in the situations that they're taking care of their daily life, being able at the same time to have so much calmness and peace in them to be able to work with their ego. It's a challenge. It's a real challenge. I think one of the keys in terms of recovery from something like that, in my mind, it's something we've talked about before. And Alex, I know you like that hero's journey. It's that journey through life in which we will encounter difficulties, and if we attend to them in the right way, we can grow from our from going through our difficulties, not just having the difficulties doesn't cause growth. We have to approach it in the right way, and then it can be a growth. You know, like the first time, the first time I got fired, I think, and this could be many, but was when I was in college and I had this job, I was working on a farm and driving a tractor and towing some stuff behind it to implement behind. And I was not paying attention. And I thought I was all that. I wasn't paying attention. Radio was playing. I was listening to some good music and I was jamming and I wasn't watching behind me. And the whole implement behind me got detached and the hydraulic hoses all snapped and sprayed this hydraulic think about oh what kind of guy this was and he didn't get it and he wasn't very nice you know to run him down but the reality was it was my own fault so I didn't grow from that until later which is another point we can grow from our difficulties years later we can look back at things we've gone through and begin to realize oh yeah you know what this is where I was. Here's what I need to do differently from now. So those that's a rich reservoir of experiences we all carry with us. Um, we are at our break. Uh, we come back to continue our conversation about 
uh, job uh, searching, career, being between jobs, um, post-COVID, um, what's going to be like um, the future. And uh, now I want to say some words in Farsi for our listeners. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگر تازه رادیواتون رو باز کردین من به همراه دو تن از همکارانم دکتر دانیل راکرز و دکتر الکساندرا در خدمتون هستیم روزای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت 12 تا 1 بعد از ظهر ما برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو در مورد کاریابی و نداشتن کار در اتفاقاتی که بعد از کووید و این قرنطینه اتفاق افتاده برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم We're back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandradi, and today's um, we are conversing regarding our career, the opportunities, the happenings during COVID with jobs and public work and uh, so many other aspects of jobs. How and, to get fired. <laughs> yeah, and Dr. Rockers shared, actually, you know, during um, college years or high school years, you're mostly into your head. I think experience um, makes us um, humble. Experiences makes us different. Um, so we can give you um, okay with that because you were a college student, probably 18, 19 years old. <laughs> and, and then also we talked about how creative you are. Probably you were thinking, I could have done better so that I wouldn't lose all these things behind my car. <laughs> so we can talk about that too. I was going to say, Daniel, too, uh, you know, I've never been fired, but I'll tell you, I've quit many a times before I got fired. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think if I would have stayed a little bit longer, then yeah, it would probably have been a different story, uh, definitely a handful of times. And I can definitely relate to that idea too growing up. And it's interesting how that that still persists, that idea of, 
you know, maybe ego and feeling as though you have, um, you know, the idea of how things should be. Um, it's funny uh, amongst my siblings, we've talked and we all have this mentality. Uh, and my youngest sibling is even just really uh, recently recognized this within him that when we see things being done in a certain way, we get frustrated and we try to impart change, but we go about that in very different ways. Um, I'll try to sometimes work within the system. Uh, my other sibling, he'll start a job and with the first day or two, he'll be like, you know what? You guys are doing this wrong. No, nope, you, you guys are stupid. This is not how you should do it. You know, in which he gets a lot of pushback and, and I've had to tell him like, you can't do that on your first day at work. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those things where being aware that, you know, some change probably could be healthy for different organizations or jobs, uh, but how you go about that too. Otherwise, you end up getting fired or uh, yeah, I end up quitting. But yeah, I've, I've had to leave many jobs uh, because if I don't feel passionate or believe in the mission in that same way, uh, it's something's got to change. And so uh, I've been fortunate in that way where I've been able to make kind of those decisions for myself. I think for a lot of people, and, and I always respect people where if, you're, if your job is just a means to fi finances and you, you use that money to go live your life, that's great. But even then, I think it's always important to ask yourself, you know, what is it that you're doing, given that you're spending so much time there? Can you maintain that level of involvement without it feeling as though it's a drain or, you know, feeling exhausted for you? Um, I think you guys probably, similar to me, you know, have a job that you feel passionate about and that's why you do it. Uh, but I think sometimes too, you know, a job is a job and it gives you money and it helps you kind of live the life the way that you want to. But I find even then too, you got to tolerate it. You got to feel like you can endure it. Uh, so we all have studied um, organizational psychology and we know that, you know, it's so important for the leaders and those that they run the organizations. They um, have a styles that works both ways for their organizations and keeping the staff satisfied. I believe that uh, a lot of the jobs that are not favorable to the staff or to workers is because of the way the leaders or supervisors um, are basically running the show. Because if you're satisfied with the environment, with the relationship, with the culture of the organization, even if that job is not to your favor and it's not what you really like to do, uh, it doesn't get you to a point that I want to quit. I think the point, the most important part is the psychological and the uh, meaningful way of connection with people and satisfaction you have in your jobs. I think that's a huge thing in any jobs. When you are feeling that if you're going to work, everything is to your favor by meeting people that you like. The culture is so, um, you know, pleasant. Uh, you don't have any feeling of negativity. And I think the leaders, um, the people who run the organization can create that culture. Because if the culture of the organization is toxic, if people are talking behind each other back, if people are um, talking behind the, the organizational leaders back. I think that makes the entire day of your life in a negative way. But when you're satisfied with the environment, with the people you're working, I think you can get by any jobs. I think right, right on. I, 
Uh, similar in principle, the concept slightly different, but similar in principle, as I've told people, not because I'm so smart, this is something that others have agreed with me on. It's the idea that you can live in any city, you can live any place. It's the people, friends that you have in the city, which means you could live at most any place. So it's the people that will make the difference or the people environment. Some of that also, what you said, Saide, I think points to the idea of finding meaning in your work. Because the meaning won't necessarily be right there and in your face and say, oh, this makes me feel good. Sometimes we need to find the meaning in it. We need to look for the meaning and somehow derive value from what we're doing. That's not always easy to do, but I think every job can be that way. Mm -hmm. If you look at some of the, like the Buddhist approaches or Zen approaches and probably Christianity approaches and probably every major world religion approaches, they promote this idea of a type of mindfulness and really deriving some value from even smallest that there's me yeah and i think um training is a important is an important part of an organization it just creates a different culture when your training is about mindfulness is about you know the production goes up if you feel connected to the organization rather than that's them that's us you know i'm just here to get my check and run my life rather than I am invested in this. I am also I, I the ownership, you know, like I'm part of this organization. Sometimes we go to a small coffee shop and you see that uh, somebody behind the desk is running, it's just passionate, it's taking care of the customers. I'm sure we all have faced that. Then you feel like this person owns this place. He or she is only a staff member working, hourly paid person, but takes care of the customers the way they're, they're working, the coffee shop is his or hers. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just that, you know, that makes a difference. What kind of organization you're working for that gives you that feeling that you have the ownership, you're part of this organization. Yeah, a wonderful book on... Um, job movement or job skills is called Skills for Success by Adele Scheel. And one of those elements that she says, she goes over six different elements that are skills for success in life. And they're so good. One of those is exactly that side day. She says, treat the business as your own and really great things will happen. Alex, do you remember at the uh, pain clinic where we had the physical therapist. And you remember that Larry was the assistant physical therapist there? Yeah. He was probably the lowest paid of the staff there, but he treated that place as if it were, were his own. He came in early. He got things prepared. He stayed late. He cleaned up. He was always responsible and always on time ahead of time. And he's the kind of person any I would recommend for, for any job, wonderful employee. It's so important because you walk in an organization, the person who's sitting behind the information desk, that just person can make the organization look different by their attitude. Isn't that important that one person who probably is not a high pay job sitting at the information, get letting people in and responding to them. But I've noticed that you go to organizations that you feel comfortable. You feel like you like this place. 
is just because of that person sitting behind the desk at the information desk, treating you nicely, treating you like a human, real human being. And then you go to places that somebody is not happy there. They just don't treat you nicely. You just don't have that feeling. We all are human beings. We are really relying on each other's behavior and responsiveness to, um, you know, the, how sensitive people are. And we know as psychologists, that is a sensitive matter. So jobs and talking about careers and all that, these are pieces that are so important in every job that we're talking from top to bottom. Alex, do you have any um, opinion about this? Yeah, I mean, I honestly have so many opinions about this because I always say this is one of the top things that I talk about people with. We talk about relationships, we talk about a, a kind of well-being, but we also talk about work. And it's it's usually one of the first things that I talk to people about, you know, how's work going? How's that feeling? What's that like for you? Again, when people lose their jobs or they're unhappy with their jobs and they're looking at making a change, um, it's something that can really impact a person kind of overall. And so it's definitely something that uh, a lot of people, you know, when, when, when you're working and things are going smoothly or even when they're not and you have that stability of a job, you know, you're, you're continuing on in that way. But then when there's a major shift, uh, company changes, policy changes, or like with COVID, you know, people losing jobs and, and having a greater sense of instability. Uh, it's something that I think is really challenging, really devastating a lot of people. Um, but again, as, as Daniel was mentioning, I mean, we can, we can look at this as, you know, this is what's happening to the world. It isn't always necessarily a reflection of us just individually and say, how do we want to use this? And, and I think that's something too. I know for myself during this time, I've, I've asked myself that question, given what's going on in the world, you know, how do I want to be in my life? You know, what do I want my, my work-life balance to look like? Um, I've seen people make, you know, big career changes during this time, as well as even starting to say, I need to, I need to maybe go back to school or I need to, you know, look into this you know, interest or hobby that I've had that I've always dreamed of making a career and, and people are really starting to say this is important. And given that, you know, our, our livelihood has been threat, threatened by this uh, virus, we're saying now is the time to try to induce some happiness through work, through career. Very good. So we are getting to the end of our program. And if each of you have your final, um, you know, statement, as always, uh, the mic is yours. Alex, you have to come up with still another thing than what you uh, did. I got all kinds of things. I got, oh, okay. Yeah. That was, that was just one of the many. So I yeah. thought I was going to put you on the spot there. I'm always on the spot. I'm good. Uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll start in that case. Life, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'd encourage people and it, it might sound even a little cheesy, but like find your happiness, like find what feels good for you. And, and again, it doesn't always mean it's so clear as far as how is that translate into a job. But I think if you start with that, then that's a great kind of point you can pivot from. And, and if you feel as though you're, you're happy in that thing you know, there may be several jobs that you can find that connect with that. So it's not, I think a lot of times people think of it the other way is, oh, let me find a job and then see how I can be happy in that. But I, I encourage kind of thinking about it the other way. What makes you happy? And then what jobs may be aligned with that? All right. And that's excellent, Alex. It reminds me of when you say be happy with your job. It reminds me, 
And I would say to people, don't do what I did, which is complain a lot about <laughs> If you join, if you complain a lot, then you're probably going to group or, or with a bunch of people who are complaining about the job a lot. And then it becomes this kind of toxic cell that we've entered in. It's a bad way to fly. And it's a sure way to get um, nowhere in your job if you are a complainer. Take it from me. I have experience. Not the right thing to do. Don't do what I did. Don't be a complainer. Be constructive. Oh, very good. And I just want, before I say my statement, I want to say Dr. Rockers always says the worst thing about himself. Some people like me, they talk always good about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and we are on the opposite end. So when he says something about himself, don't take it. And when, when I say something about myself, don't take it. But mm -hmm. anyways, uh, just to end our program with my statement, I want to say in any sort of jobs, it's hard to find something that you really, really like um, because uh, that's usually your hobbies. <laughs> but sometimes they say from your hobbies, you can make a job. I haven't figured that out yet. But in any jobs you are, uh, make the best out of that because, um, you know, if we have to really, and if we have a good high level job, uh, we have to appreciate it and just make it the best possible that we can. And um, I think humor is a big part of life, even at work. So just try to put some humor into your um, job. And as you can see, um, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade always bring humor to our conversation. And I have to make sure they don't take uh, too much of that. So with that, <laughs> I want to say goodbye to our listeners and we are going to come back tomorrow and talk about another topic. سرد درختا یادگاری نبشتی با من اندوه جدایی نمیدانی چه ها نفرین به دست سر تو را از من جدا